It's time for America's most unique motorsports show, Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Mostly Motorsports. I'm Scott Trailer, along with producer Austin o- uh, Todd Surprise. Uh, you know, hard habits. It's just a hard habit to break. Austin O'Neill. Um, and Kirk Elliott sitting in with us as he's going to each and every Monday. Kirk, how you doing, bud? I'm doing great, and I'm looking forward to watching Austin race at Knoxville this year. I think that's where he's going to be running. Well, year, so. he'll, yeah. he, he ought to be pretty good. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. I'll be rooting for him. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, we got a pretty good show lined up for you here in just a little bit. We're going to have Lee Spencer on. She was down there at the... Lucas Oil Chili Bowl Midget Nationals this week, along with her husband, Reed. And uh, a little bit later in the show, we're going to get Scotty Cook on and and talk about uh, everything that happened at the Chili Bowl. Kirk, what do you, what do you, what's your thoughts so far on uh, the Chili Bowl? Well, my first thought is uh, Swindell back in Victory Circle. Right, no doubt. I, did you ever think you'd see that again after... Kevin Swindell and Sammy went five in a row from 2009 through 2013. Sammy in 09 and Kevin four in a row behind the wheel of his car from 2010 to 2013. <laughs> it had been a long time since Swindell's had sniffed the top. And Logan Seavey driving that 39 to Victory Circle. That was the big story. Kirk, the answer to your question is yes. I thought that Logan Seavey had a chance to win this Chili Bowl this year, and uh, he did it. And that's number five for Kevin Swindell. Now as a car owner, what do you think about that? I think that's pretty awesome. Of course, uh, you know, Sammy was driving the one car. He didn't get out of the cheap pain, unfortunately. Right. uh, But, uh, you know, Sammy's 67 years old, too. So yeah, Logan is – still in his prime and uh yeah what a what a huge victory for logan Seavey, his first ever chili bowl win uh that goes along with the turkey night grand prix win that he had here not this past november but the year before that out in ventura and uh he's won a lot of big races in his career but this has got to be the biggest all right i want to give a shout out to tammy and frog they've just checked in with us here on on uh Mostly motorsports, and uh, we hope that we'll get a few other people to check in with us here today as well. Uh, again, we are on Mondays now, two hours long, and uh, this is what we're going to be doing on Mondays instead of every day. Uh, I, I think it, it, it's going to work out pretty good for us, and it's all brought to you by Rod and Supply. Uh, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. And uh, so we want to thank uh, Bob Douglas for being such a great supporter of the Racing Boys. He's such a awesome person. And uh, we're, we're thankful that Rod and Supply come on board with us. And, uh, again, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Um, Kirk, who did you who did you pick to win? I picked Justin Grant to win. He finished 10th. That was yeah. my pick not, too. Not a good night for him. Yeah. Neither one of my pick, neither one of our picks came out, did it, Kurt? No, and it, you know, it just it was it was difficult to pass. I mean, let's uh, let's say what it is. It uh, it was hard to hard to pass the other night. The track slicked off a little uh, bit. Uh, first of all, let, hold on a second. Uh, uh, before we go down this road, 
uh, talking about it taking a little bit of rubber at the end of the race. I I don't think people really realize how difficult it is to prep that track. You've got to think about all the races that were run on it the week before at the Tulsa shootout. Over 1,000 cars raced on that racetrack the week before. And then you have the Chili Bowl, and you had 365 cars that raced all week long on the same dirt. I think Gravel did a hell of a job, and he did everything that he could do to make sure that they had a good racetrack at the end of the race. But it, 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 listen, the quantity of laps on that racetrack, it, it, there's a good chance that it's going to take a little bit of rubber towards the end of that race. Well, yeah. I mean, we've seen better. Uh, let, let's be honest. We've seen much better racetracks at the Chili Bowl, uh, but... You know, and I think you touched on it right there, Brad Chandler, uh, Gravel, that's that's been doing this a long time. Right. And uh, he knows exactly what he's doing. But the condition, the weather conditions throughout most of the year in Tulsa was very dry. Mm -hmm. Uh, Almost to drought conditions, very hot. And the the conditions of the dirt before you bring it into the building is a big deal. Right. And you have what you have. And, frankly, there was not as much moisture in that dirt or even in the air this year at both the shootout and the Chili Bowl that made it extremely challenging to get enough water in that racetrack to survive the number of race cars and the number of laps on that racetrack. Mm -hmm. I thought most of the week, Scott, they did a tremendous job. Early in the week, especially, the racetrack was in great condition. But as the week wore on, with the extremely dry air... That was floating around down there. You know, the good part about dry air, I think it kills off all the viruses that go floating around the the expo center. So I don't think we're going to get as many people sick this year because it was so dry. But the fact is... I did see people wearing masks down there. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, I did. Uh, But the fact is, the air conditions and there was not that much moisture in that dirt for them to work with uh, to keep that going all week long like we normally see at the Chili Bowl. So right. I think that that had a lot to do with it. And, boy, they tried their damnedest to get enough water in that racetrack to work it. And that's why we they ran. Saturated maybe, they saturated that racetrack. One of the reasons why we ran so late on Saturday night is because they want to make sure they got enough water in that track, get it to where they could. I thought they did a great job of having it as good as they did. Right. When you consider the air conditions, dryness that we talked about, Lack of rain throughout the year, lack of moisture in the dirt when they brought it into the building this year. All of those things, I thought they did a tremendous job of trying to keep up with it. And there's a fine line, Scott. If you put too much moisture in it, then you got a rough racetrack. Well, so uh, not, you, you not, only that, really not only that, not only that, it could be stuck down on the bottom. Exactly. Right. So they they this had to be the most challenging conditions that... Uh, gravel and the rest of the crew had to deal with in my memory down there as far as keeping up with this racetrack it it didn't seem as dusty as as it could have been it didn't 
from watching it on TV. Right. I was there, I think it was... Well, because they had to put a lot of yeah, water on but it. But what I'm saying is even, yeah. I know it slicked off, but there was, I know that it did not seem every night, I did not see the dust. I know, so that means, yeah, that, that just reiterates what you're saying. They were adding a ton of water because there was no dust, even though the track did dry out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was, it, You could still see every car on the track, whereas I can remember a few years back, there was a night that was so bad on the final night, you couldn't even see past the top three because it, it was it yeah was, i mean very right. smooth very smooth racetrack yeah. but it dried out so quickly after yeah. they prepped this racetrack this year and that was really a tough thing and the other thing i wonder about scott and i'm not blaming anything on tires but you know if you make any changes to the race tire that's going to have an effect too right. i don't know what changes to the race tire this year from last year i don't know that Right. But that could have an impact as well as far as the track taken on rubber. Um, Tammy chimes in. She says, does CV's win help his statue in obtaining better rides in USAC, both for sprint and midgets? What do you think? It can't help. It can't hurt, right? Can't hurt, but I think he's in a pretty good place right now with Kevin Swindell. Yeah, no doubt. Um. Chuck's checking in from Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. We appreciate you. Frog said he was on the Rico train last night. So were you a little surprised by Rico and his his results? I was very surprised not only with his finish. Of course, he he did he get into turned, the, he got turned into the wall. He got turned into the wall there that last yellow flag. Uh, but the whole Keith Coons. Uh, stable really didn't perform close to what i expected to see Would they have two guys uh in that feature race that uh that finished i have to go back through the roster here a little bit but keith coons motorsports underperformed this year to everybody's expectations Mm -hmm. buddy kofoid didn't even make the show he was relegated to the d main and didn't get out of that race, couldn't get transferred even to the C. Buddy's Chili Bowl ended up early in the night. And, uh, and then, of course, you didn't have Christopher Bell this year, but uh, Keith Coons Motorsports, not not running close to what we thought they would. Rico ended up running 21st. Yeah. Ryan Tim. He would have had, a, what, a top five finish if that hadn't happened? Yeah, Ryan. Uh, yeah, he, he was up there. He was running yeah. in the top five when he yeah. had his problem, I believe. Yeah, yeah, he was fourth and fifth there for majority until that little hiccup. But you know, they were bicycling in a few times, and that's what you saw a few times. Those those guys get up in that, and that chain. I didn't. I mean, I understand it slicked off, but right here we're on lap forty eight. You know, kind of what we're watching on the the big screen, and it definitely is a different track here than it, it was at the end of that. You know what I'm saying? There's some passing going on and some movement. and But they got up there in that stuff and were bicycling, and it was it was a different-looking track for sure when, when that started happening. Did you feel like Tanner Thorson might have a chance there at the end of that race, Kirk? <laughs> I first thought that before that yellow flag came out that maybe on the last lap he'd maybe try to make a bonsai run on him, and that yellow flag came out. Once that came out, I didn't think that the – you know, it, it was going to be what it was there at that point, but not really. I did. Did you, Scott? I didn't. I didn't think that Tanner was going to be able to get around him there at the end. Well, and, and Tanner was probably more outspoken about the rubber than anybody else, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. Huh? 
Yeah, he didn't. Yeah. He didn't. He wasn't too. He, <laughs> he wasn't was. too tickled about that rubber said, at the end uh, of the race. He said this track has been so great <laughs> right. for all these years since I've been coming here, but not tonight. Yeah, Tammy also says, uh, yes, in all honesty, KKM struggled all week. Alex Bowman's team had a rough week as well. Yeah. Yeah. I was looking at the Coons cars. Ryan Timms finished 19th. Yeah, he went back quick, too, because he was already at eight. I mean, I don't know where he started exactly at. um, And Rico was 24th. And... I believe Kaylee Bryson, Bryson 20, Rico was 21st. 21st. That's right. right. Yeah. Uh, number Bryson 24 20. car. 21st, How about and Kaylee Bryson was 22nd. Yeah. How about Jade Avedisian and Kaylee Bryson both making the A main? That's awesome. And then they both and Jade finishes the same, the highest. She was 18th. 18th, which is exactly what Jade, Jade made a pretty good move up through the she field. There. She cracked the top 10 there for a while. And they right. got bicycled up a little bit on one side, and that was shuffled her back. It was quick, too, because she was in the hunt for, I was keeping, because if you heard, remember on Saturday, I said, I'd like to see Jade finish in the top five. And man, there for a while. And same way with um, Blake Hahn. It was said, you know, he got caught up in that. They did the tire, was it the tire change? or right. Yeah, he had, he had a tire go down, so. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I hate to see Blake get caught up in that. That was not not the best night for Blake at the end of the night there. Well, him. unfortunately for Blake in the B-Main, who did he get hung up on, Kirk? Who did he get that right? Oh, I forgot. Flat? It was down there in turn two, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, I forgot who it was down yeah. there. But he, he just kind of clipped him. The five him car. As, the five. He just kind of clipped him as he was coming around. Really nope. tough way to go for Blake Hahn, who wasn't able to make the transfer out of that B main because yeah. uh, he tried to avoid somebody else's mess. And Not his fault. Barely clipped at him, all. and that was that. Right. They really had. And he was in a transfer spot he when was. that happened. That's, that's yeah. what I was going to yeah. say. He was in the spot where he needed to be. Because they were going to take seven. Seven. He was a sixth. And yeah. then. I think he was like fourth. Or yeah. Fourth or third or fourth, right? Right. At that time when he got that flat. Yeah, he was running fourth at the time. Yeah. He ended up running 19th in the B. And they got the tire change, but obviously shuffled back to yeah. the back. And he never it, could. It's tough to come through oh the field gosh, at that point. Oh, my gosh, it's It's yeah. really tough. You know, everybody's focused on the feature, you know, we're rubber down. But I thought the C's and the B's were very entertaining very to watch. Good Especially the, the two B mains were very uh, eventful and entertaining to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Kirk, who was the – out of all the drivers – I got to say that maybe the biggest disappointment would be Rico. Would you agree? Uh, I would say Buddy Kofoid, <laughs> who uh, didn't make it out of the D main after he led the preliminary race on Tuesday well, night and on. got taken out and had to go to the D main. He would have had a great transfer spot into the A for him not to even make it out of the D. That was, uh, I'd say, uh, for the week, Buddy Kofoid. Um, I'm I'm talking about the people that ran the A main that got into the A main, right? Yeah, I would say maybe Rico. Yeah, right. Uh, Spencer Baston, he's also he ran 23rd. He yeah. did not finish that race as well. He was the race of champions winner earlier right. in the week and finished second on Tuesday night. Right to Hank Davis. Hank Davis, I thought was going to have a pretty good run too, and then he had trouble. Hank Davis ended up running 20th. Um, he started second. But he had a problem there during the race, and um, gosh, you know, on uh, on the first start of that race, it looked like Hank Davis was going to be a player because he jumped out to the lead 
on that first restart. Yeah, he did. Right. Yeah, he was still. Right at with, the start of the race, he jumped out. Right. Even with 26 to go or 29 to go, he was still in the top six right there. I mean, he he was still yeah. in it with halfway to go. So. And then he got turned around. Yep. So, And the other guy I thought would make a move up through the field because he ran so well in the B main was Timez, Thomas Mesrol. He started 18th, ended up 17th. I thought he'd make a pretty good run up there. And obviously my pre-race pick, Justin Grant, who I thought would be mixing it up at the front of the field for the win. He ended up, he started 10th, ended up 10th. Right. Yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, so that was a, a, a kind of a disappointing finish at the end of that race because, uh, again, uh, you know what I didn't like? I, I really didn't like Tanner Thorson kind of throwing the racetrack under the bus a little bit. Yeah, he did. He did, didn't he? He wasn't happy when he, he got out. He wasn't happy about that, he was he? He's the first person that you noticed that was not happy to talk to anybody right out of the gate. Right. So that's how I know we got. Well, you know, they got the right to say what's on their mind. Well. You know, he's frustrated. He thought he had a chance to win the race, had a, had a chance to make a move on uh, Logan CB there at the end, and he was just frustrated. Yeah. So. Cannon McIntosh ended up third. Shane Gullibuck was fourth. And Emerson Axel, there you go. he looked that's, pretty good at one point yeah, during still, the race, didn't he? 26 go, he's top five still. He was, he was running. He started a, seventh, ended up fifth. That's right, had a really yeah. good run. And, and the same ride that Tanner Thorson drove yes, to the win last year. Right. The, uh, dry, the, un, the uh, Reinbold Underwood team. Maybe the best run of the night was Kyle Jones. He started 16th and he ended up running sixth. Yes, and how about Tim McCready coming from 24th to 11th? Mm-hmm. Pretty good run for him. Yeah, no doubt about it. Former champion, former winner of this how race. How about Tim Buckwalter? He started 23rd. He, he came out of the B, didn't he? Buckwalter? Yeah, he did better than he did. He did He did better than McCready coming yeah. from 23rd to 9th. To 9th, yeah. That was a hell of a run for him. Justin Grant started 10th, ran 10th. Yeah, I was surprised about that. Mm -hmm. He just didn't. uh, Never made any headway. And both the RMS cars I thought would perform better. We talked about T-Maz earlier. He looked so strong in that B main. Right. Coming up through there. But, uh, yeah, Justin Grant. uh, Yeah, I thought he'd have better finish, but he was probably like everybody else. Had found the track be pretty challenging to make a move up through the field. Some did. Others didn't. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, Zeb Weiss, he ended up running. He, he started 17th. He ran 13th last uh, Saturday night. Um, you know, I always think Zeb's always going to do a little bit better than that. Yeah, and he's uh, he's a winner of the BC 39. You remember right, he won right, that uh, right. BC 39 race at uh, Indianapolis here a couple years ago. How about Thomas Meserol? Started 18th, run 17th. Yeah. 17. I, I thought he was just awesome in that B main. Mm-hmm. The way he was, he had a strong card. He felt really good about it when they interviewed him after that race, too. Right. So. Right. Um, anyway, so how would you grade out the uh, Chili Bowl, Kirk? Uh, well, I always like to compare with other Chili Bowls. We've seen more exciting finishes in the Chili Bowl. Would right. you say that? Uh, yeah, no doubt. But. I'd give the event a solid B this year. 
I'm not going to give it a perfect go because I've seen better chili bowls. Right. But uh, all in all, a pretty good week. And for much of the week, in the early nights especially, we had some really great races. And uh, for the most part, it was good. Yeah, it took on a little rubber on Friday and Saturday night. But, yeah, I thought it was a good event. I enjoyed myself down Yeah, there. no doubt. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Lee Spencer is going to join us here on Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, which features the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We're going to take a break. When we come back, more of Mostly Motorsports, again, brought to you by Rod and Supply. We'll be right back. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods. And specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Missouri's most played getaway, Osage National Golf Resort. Three nine-hole courses to choose from at the Lake of the Ozarks in the Osage River Valley. Stay and play packages in our first-class condos. A beautiful clubhouse complete with pro shop and exercise facilities. A large pool for relaxation and families. The Eagle View Sports Bar and Grill. Great wedding facilities. Go online and make your tea time today. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods. And specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Especially sportswear in-house. We do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other ad specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, and make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods. And specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. Go harder. 
faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com. Serving the racing community for over 30 years. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. Welcome back. It's Mostly Motorsports. I'm Scott Trailer, along with producer Todd Surprise. Not Austin O'Neill, by the way. Kirk Elliott sitting in with us as he's going to each and every Monday. Um, yeah, I'm... As far as I'm concerned, I, I thought it was a pretty decent chili bowl. It got over a little bit late, though, didn't it? Well, that normally happens, doesn't it? Of course, a little bit extra because they, they really wanted to work that yeah, racetrack. Yeah, it was a little later than normal. Yeah, no doubt. They spent a lot of time on that racetrack trying to get it right. So that maybe took a little extra time, but uh, yeah, they had to do what they had to do. We're attempting to get a hold of Lee Spencer as we speak. I've got an interview with... Uh, the winner, Logan Seavey, that night. You want to run that while we're waiting on Lee to give us a shout back? We can do that. Hold on. There you go. We got her. I think we got Lee. We got Lee. So what? We'll play. We'll the, play uh, the interview after. We'll that. play the Logan Seavey interview, and we've got sound from the second, third place finishers too. We'll do that here in a little while. All right. Let's bring in Lee Spencer, who was at the Chili Bowl this week with us. Lee, how you doing? I'm great. How are you? Uh, well, we're doing fantastic. What What did you think of that race? It was great to see um, Kevin Swindell pick up his fifth driller, wasn't it? Oh, I thought that was such an awesome um, situation for Kevin and and Jordan and and the whole family and and Logan. I mean, um, you know, Logan hadn't won last last time Logan won. I was actually there. It was Turkey Night at Pentour in in twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one. So it right. was. Um, yeah, I mean, so that's last time he had won in a midget. So it was just way way cool to finally see him back to victory lane. And you know, he he was a little uncertain whether or not he would actually have this opportunity. He said he he called Kevin and. You know, Kevin said, "Yeah, I, I want you in my car." And um, you know, it was. Uh, you think about it. You think about Kevin starting to build his own program, building his own cars. Now, I mean, it's uh, it, it's really cool to see what he's been able to do over the last few years. Do you think Tanner Thorson was a little too hard on the racetrack, talking about the rubber at no. the end of the race? No, I mean, I, I I don't think he was too hard. I think he was the only one that, you know, basically said it. And, um, you know, they the the crew, the track crew has the unenviable task of, of preparing um, a track that went through how many races? What did we start with? Was it O's or P's on Saturday and then went all the way to A? But for whatever reason, the track just wasn't as competitive, for the the CBs and A's as they had been the rest of the week. The rest of the week, it was awesome. And, you know, tracks change like that. And um, it's a very complicated recipe of getting it right. But, um, you know, it's it's like 
Logan said and the other drivers said, we're under, we have the same um, situation. You know, we're racing in the same conditions as everybody else. And so uh, Logan was able to make the most of it. But quite frankly, after watching his prelim on, on Friday, you had to know that he was going to be an absolute player in this deal. And, yeah. and he was. And, um, as impre- you know, I thought Logan did a really impressive job of just keeping to the program. You know, he, he did try to find lanes at different times during the, the race, but at the, you know, he found the bottom work for him and he just stuck it there. And I kind of like to see, you know, if that yellow hadn't come out uh, with a lap to go, what, you know, if Tanner would have given him a little bit of a nudge, but, um, you know, it, We'll never know. And we, Logan did. I mean, his car was just on rails, and it looked fantastic. And, um, you know, shout out to him. Shout out to Kevin. I, I thought they did a great job. And, you know, for Tanner to finish first and second in his own equipment over the last two years, I think, yeah. um, shows you he's really going to be a force to be reckoned with as well. Uh, so I, I, I'm just going to say this, Lee. If you think about they had a 1,000 cars that competed – at the Tulsa shootout on the same dirt and the same racetrack over an entire week. And then you, you, you run all week with the chili bowl. It, it, that's a really tough assignment to really to get that racetrack to not take a little bit of rubber towards the end of that race. I know that gravel worked really hard. They, they oversaturated that racetrack right before they, that they ran that a main, uh, they did everything they could to try to make that track as good as possible. Uh, I, I, I just think it's just a quantity of the cars that raced on that racetrack for two weeks. And I think of the, uh, the extremely dry air, dry conditions this year than what we normally have down there. Right. I mean, I think that all contributed to it. And it, it's as you said, you know, you have that many races over that many days. It's going to take its toll, but mm-hmm. um, you know, I thought leading up to the main, you know, it was it was a fabulous week of racing. Um, I thought everything went off, you know, without a hitch. From you know, with the exception of a a couple of wrecks, you know, what happened to Ashton was you know kind of heartbreaking, and the fact that he was able to come back was miraculous. And I mean, you know, you all you usually have one really good story like that throughout the the week of the Chili Bowl, and that was you know he was it. Um, you know, having Jason Pursley come from where he was a year ago and then qualify for the A-Main. Um, right. Kyle Jones, you know, giving up his day job because at 29 he decides he wants to go racing full-time and, and this might be his last shot to do it, to do what he did. And then, you know, come through the to the main and finish sixth. I mean, I, I think he started what seventeenth or something, and right. um, you know, to, to work. So you could work your way up through traffic, right? And there were enough cautions that if you were balls out on restarts, you could do that. And so, all you know, there were great stories. I mean, the that place with three hundred sixty-seven different drivers. It's never short of stories. I mean, I thought Hank Davis was a great story throughout the week. I Absolutely. mean, he made a mistake in the A main or. You know, he he would have been up there. I mean, he started on the front row for a kid from the Tulsa area to start on the front row for the A main. I mean, it doesn't get better than that. So right. you know, great stories leading up to the feature, and um, 
I just, uh, you know, I'm just, I, I think it was another wonderful week at the Chili Bowl. You know, I think. And it, I mean, I, honestly, I disagree with some of the people on Twitter. I don't believe that um, the absence of Bell and, and Larson, Christopher Bell and Kyle Larson were, were felt. Um, because, honestly, I don't think that they, with the way the track was on on Saturday would have changed the dynamic of the racing at all. I think you had the the two best cars over the course of the week battling there for the win, and and um, that's uh, you know that's that's what we got, and right. you know so that's kind of where I'm at. I, I I want to give a little bit of a shout out to to Hank Davis because at the first start of that race, he jumped out to the lead. And I, I felt like he, he could have led some laps there, but then they had that quick caution on the first lap. Right. And, and then was he did wild or what? And then he didn't get as I mean, good a restart on that second restart. He fell back to like fourth place right. on that second start. Yeah. He was on the outside. And if you were in the outside, that was not the preferable lane, yeah. but um, Spencer based him. My gosh, I was like, you know, I couldn't believe because um, he was so solid. His performance in the race of champions, I really thought he was going to be a factor um, Saturday and didn't turn out to be. But um, another little nugget, Kyle Jones, uh, when I talked to him on, on Friday, um, he said, I want to have the best finish, you know, ever for Texan at the Chili Bowl. And so, um, you know, finishing sixth, that's exactly what he did. So that was the uh, you know, a lot, lot of good stories. Um, the girl power, right? Two girls right. in the A-Main. I don't know what happened to Kaylee. Um, I went to look for her afterwards, but I, I guess she skedaddled because I know she's going to, um, you know, run some open wheel stuff this year. She really wants to run. Uh, she wants to, I think, work her way to Indy Lights and go from there. So I think we're going to see her in sprint cars. So that's going to be really cool. But right. for her and... Um, Oh, and Jada Abradizia to to make it into the uh, the A main another you know good story and just shows you how far we've come. And she did it in her rookie year as well. Jay did sixteen years old, right? right I mean, right. That's uh, pretty sporty, sporty. And I thought you know Mariah Eade, she she improved dramatically over last year. Um, you know, finishing the J and then start on the front row in the. I think it was the D main and, and, you know, working our way up to the C. I thought that, you know, another good story. It's just once you get to, once you get up to the B's and C's, it's a whole nother animal. Yeah. Maybe the biggest disappointment out of any driver that ran in the Chili Bowl this year was Rico. He, he got spun out and he nosed into the wall and he couldn't recover from it. He ended up running 21st. And I think a lot of people figured that Rico was going to be the guy to beat. What do you think? Uh, one of my friends called me Saturday afternoon. He goes, I've watched every lap of this on TV. Goes, I've got to tell you, I really think Rico's the guy. And, um, you know, as we said earlier, with um, Bell and Larson gone, it opened up the field for a lot of different people. I mean, going in there, um, the only person I thought was a bigger disappointment, and I hate to, you know, use that word on these kids, but – Right. Rico's not a kid, but even more disappointing than Rico was Buddy Kofoy. Yeah, all week yeah, long, no doubt. Um, I, you know, um, again, the absence of Bell and Larson should I, you know, I had my laundry list of of about five guys that really could have had breakthroughs, and three of them 
weren't even, you know, didn't even factor in in the A. And Buddy was one of them. Justin Grant was another. I really thought Justin, you know, and we saw a little, we saw a glimmer of that, right? When Justin didn't win his prelim night, it was like, wow, you know, maybe he needs to be off my list of five guys that could really, you know, this could really open the door for. But I would say even more than Rico, that Justin and, um, uh, Justin and, and um, now I'm drawing a blank. Um, help me out, Reed. Um, <laughs> Justin and Kofoid were at the top of that list. Sorry. Right, right. No doubt. And, 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 well, and, yeah, Pickens, too. I mean, Pickens is another one that if he and, and Davis don't get together on Tuesday, I think he's more of a factor. Right. Um, but, you know, maybe not as much as the kids that are run these cars every week over here and and Pickens I mean I watched some of what he did at Western Springs and you know he's he was um you know I I thought Keanu McIntosh he was another one that we talked about entering this week um had a shot um right so at least he finished on the podium but um really Kofoid it more so than Rico I think Kofoid would have been my you know, what have you done for me lately story. And how right. about Keith Coons Motorsports as a whole? They've got to be really disappointed after this week uh, for the finishes that they had. It, it wasn't a normal week for Keith. Um, right. I just, you know, you come in that building and, you know, when you see all those, what, 14 midgets set up, lined up next to each other looking big and beautiful, and um, you, you, they always – you always feel like he's the Mac Daddy in the room, right? And it was just not the week that they expected. And you expect Kofoy to lead that charge. And, um, you know, to see him exit, I mean, just, I don't know. I'm, I'm st- I guess I'm just stuck on Buddy because I expect great things out of him all the time. Right, and, no doubt. Um, after watching Grant, you know, after seeing Grant win Turkey Night, I really thought, you know, this is his shot. Because I think, I think Grant is, um, I think Grant is as good as he's ever been. Um, but. I, you know, he was another one that just didn't factor in the aiming. Stop, started 10th, ran 10th. Yeah. yeah. Uh, buddy, yeah, what, what? I mean, just good move. Buddy Kofoid Start, would have made the A main had it not been he got caught up in somebody else's mess while leading well, that he, preliminary he was race. coming from the back of it. But, you know, that happened to him all week. Right. And, you know, it, it's even Hank Davis at the tender age of 19 said there's something about Chili Bowl luck, and Kofoid had none. And he, he right. said just that. It, he said there's something about Chili Bowl luck, and, and, and unfortunately, Buddy Kofoid had none. And Michael. And he, it, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I have to say. Kirk yeah. steps on people all the time. No, I was saying Michael Pickens, uh, not a big fan of Hank Davis, but everybody else is. Right. Let me well, and even Shane Stewart stood up for him on Twitter, right? He said, you know, that was just one of those two guys duking it out, and, and Pickens got the worst of it. Right. Um, Tim Buckwalter started 23rd, and, and, and just this is a point that I want to make. He started 23rd. He ended up running ninth. Tim McCready started 24th, and he ended up running 11th. That tells me that the track still had enough 
that you could get around people and work your way towards the front because those two guys did great. Um, Tim Buckwalter was the hard charger of the night. Well, and he was running. He's running for the same team that um, Van Davis was, which was Seymour racing out of Boston. Right. Uh, these are pavement guys, which make it even more interesting that you know that they kind of pulled it together. And the, I mean, to me, you know, they have been here in the past, but like Hank said, you know, this they had now a year to put together a notebook, which they didn't have next year. And um. Hank's going to run, from what I was told, he's going to run the ASCS tour um, this year, one of your old stomping grounds. So yeah. um, I'm really curious, you know, what what we'll see out of him because um, he kind of, you know, he, he's kind of like one of these breakout new stars. Not that he hasn't been around, not that he hasn't been racing, and that's why I wrote that feature on anybody who wants to go to racingboys.com and and see the the story it's who the hell is hank davis because i mean right. quite honestly um you know i had never heard of him before until he won his prelim on tuesday well, and i'm you know i'm open enough to say that so, uh, hank um, davis i thought it was hank davis to be honest with you i think he won seven out of the nine races that they ran at creek county with a two-barrel car that guy can drive you've seen him race a lot i've seen him race a lot well, I mean, he on this national stage, you know, which, um, you know, being on Flow and, and Mav, it kind of gives you a a, nas- a bigger stage than you would get with ASCS. But, um, you know, your buddy Brian Holbert was kind of filling me in on him after the fact, and so I, you know, I had a little, little bit of a, of a background um, after Saturday night, but yeah. I, I thought overall just the week as a whole was pretty phenomenal. Hey, Hank, Hank Davis is a legend almost at Port City Raceway. Right, no doubt. Is- uh, before we let you go, Lee, because we're up against the break here, um, I, I got to talk about Ashton, and that was one of the scariest things that I've ever seen at a racetrack. How about you? I I couldn't believe it. You know, I couldn't believe what my eyes were seeing. Um because I thought something had fallen off of his car rather than a driver falling out of his car. Right. Um, and I don't know. And, and this is somebody who, you know, we're talking about having watched the Dale Earnhardt situation and the safety advances that we have made in motorsports from them, the safety advances that we have made, you know, on the open wheel side since Brian Clausen and Jason Leffler um, I to see something like that was just astounding to me. And um, I think there's going to be a lot of conversations before, you know, before we get the season started um, for the different dirt disciplines as to uh, belts 101 and, and how we handle things moving forward. Because I, I know I don't ever want to see that again. Um, I know you all don't want to see that again. and. Um, there's no reason why in 2023 we should, you know, something like that should happen. Do you know back in the day when when drivers didn't have roll cages, they wanted to be thrown from the car. They didn't want to be in the car when it was flipping because they didn't have roll cages at the time. I don't know if you knew that or not. 
I did not, and I can understand that. But in close confines like that, if somebody runs over you, I I would think that that you know I don't know what's worse, being thrown into a wall, having something roll over you. I mean, right. you know, it's um, the danger factor. Um, you know, there are people who to this day, oh, you know, I don't watch NASCAR anymore because you know it's just gotten too safe. It's not as dangerous as it used to be. There's right. always that you know one in one you know, thousand chance of something happening that um, I, you know, I defy people who say, you know, who use that as their um, reason for not tuning in because it's, you know, and I mean, obviously I don't want to, I'm not here for the wrecks uh, and I'm certainly not here to see things like that. But um, all in all, I'd, you know, rather be talking about, uh Logan Seavey having just such a, you know, breakout kind of chili bowl win. And then, um, but, you know, at some point we're going to, you know, we're going to have to discuss what happened with Ashton and, you know, just, just through diligence, see that something like that doesn't happen going forward. Hey, just one, one quick thing. You were in the media room when Ashton and his dad walked in, Ashton Torgerson and his dad, Walked in the media room. How did he look when he walked in there? Well, I mean, other than bruises and, and such, and um, I thought he looked pretty good. I mean, and yeah, you know, no he doubt. seemed fairly alert. I I think as the night went on, that his um, his you know delivery of of his conversations were had slowed a little bit. You know, because I think it was a bit of overload for him. I think that was a lot to put him through. Um, you know, coming back, and I know he wanted to thank everybody, and that was, I, I would have done the drive-by, and I would have been out, because, I mean, I think the best thing for that kid is, is you know, just getting rest and, and getting better so um, he can get ready for the upcoming season, if that's what he chooses to do, which I'm sure it is. But, Absolute yeah. miracle, um, miracle yeah. Yeah. that he survived that. Yeah, no, it is. no doubt about it. All right, Lee. Well, we're up against break, and we appreciate you taking the time to join us here on Mostly Motorsports today. Uh, you did such a great job. All your articles. You can find a lot of her work on the Racing Boys Scoop page. Uh, Lee does a great job, and she is uh, in tune with dirt and motorsports as much as anybody I know. And we appreciate you so much. Thank Lee. you very much. You and Reed both. Great job. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, I was going to give a shout out to Mr. Spencer who did the race reports every yes, night. Sir. Because, uh, yeah, he did He did a fabulous job. And, uh, you know, catching up, doing the Ashton update on Saturday. So, um, you know, hopefully this is uh, kicking off lots of features, a lot of good stuff coming in 2023. Yeah. All right, Lee. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Have a great week. All right, you too. Thanks, Lee. All right, there you have it, Lee Spencer. We're going to take a break. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod End Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Uh, we'll be back here with more on Sports Radio 810 WHB in a moment. Stay tuned. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. 
Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Missouri's most played getaway, Osage National Golf Resort. Three nine-hole courses to choose from at the Lake of the Ozarks in the Osage River Valley. Stay and play packages in our first-class condos. A beautiful clubhouse complete with pro shop and exercise facilities. A large pool for relaxation and families. The Eagle View Sports Bar and Grill. Great wedding facilities. Go online and make your tea time today. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Especially sportswear in-house. We do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other ad specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, and make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. Welcome back. It's Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod End Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Um, you know, I hate to dwell on it, but 
I, I, I'm just going to say that the people out there that put up pictures of that kid flying out of his race car is bullshit. Well, it's insensitive. It's cold. And people who do that don't think about other people. There's, Ever. It's, it's a younger group of people that are doing this. Right. You understand? You know what I mean? That's the only way I can um, justify what I hear, see. They're they're younger and they don't get it. They don't really understand the full impact of what a pitcher does. They how don't care far about could, other people. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, I, some of these people are young enough. They don't under, they don't get it. I I give you an example. When the poor kid hurt his arm at the chili bowl, I can't remember what it was. They put up a thing. Remember, they covered the the thing that one time because the kids there were people taking photos they did the same thing when this kid flew out of his car they put up a banner so nobody could see what was going on and that's what and i think they learned from the last time that they were you know you just this and if you see this all the time now police um when they when you see a live police thing somewhere they put up they they put up these blanket these things that they're like a pre-made deal where they because everybody's shooting photos everybody thinks they're uh um, a reporter at that point, right? And and you've the empathy needs to be brought in more than the clicks and the likes, right? Um, Tammy said, "Happy for Tim Buckwalter. He is one of our PA drivers." Um, yeah, he made he made about as good a move up through there as anybody. Yeah, Tim no McCready doubt about right it. Right behind him, uh, Sam. He chimed in. He said, "Davis should have been put in the back Tuesday night for knocking Pickens out." But he was one of the good old boys from Oklahoma. Yeah, but that's not what they normally do. If you if you make contact with somebody and keep the car moving, I mean, it was a, it was hard contact. There's no doubt about that. Hank Davis got into him, but you don't see drivers get put at the back in this type of racing, right? Like that with that incident. Nina, she chimed in. Uh, we appreciate you so much, Nina. Uh, she said that place is is a lot of luck. Sometimes luck is better than talent. To win, uh, there you need both. You need luck and talent. Just uh, maybe just finish up on Hank Davis. Scott, I mean, you, you agree with me. He kept the car going. Right. If, you keep, if he'd have got caught up in it and spun around himself, yeah. He'd, but the fact is, Hank Davis kept the car going. Right. When okay. he hit Michael Pickens. Yeah. Um, Cole... He chimed in. He said, Friday at 4 p.m., I decided to fly down quickly Saturday morning to see Jacob Allen and my first Chili Bowl. Awesome experience, but the dragging on of the evening show and farming the track for an hour plus after opening ceremonies was absolutely ridiculous. And on a side note, I could have cared less about the the Princess Larson wasn't there. Um, great runs by T Mac, and um, I think that's uh, Buck Walter. Uh, all was total worth being there for forty four hours straight to experience it. And let me explain once again. You talked about the time it takes. First of all, those opening ceremonies are part of the history and the uh, the culture of the Chili Bowl. That's mm-hmm. very important that they do that. Uh, all of that opening ceremonies is with the race, the flags, the coming out onto the track, the, the parade of states, as it were. 
they prep the track right after that so it's right before they go racing. And they, as we talked about earlier in the show, they spent more time on the racetrack because of how dry the conditions were right. and the challenging conditions of keeping up with that racetrack all mm-hmm. week. That's why it took so long. Um, Alan, uh, he, he chimed in. He said, I know this is uh, a Chili Bowl review day, but wow, the Western Showdown final late model race was incredible. We're going to talk about that yeah. here in just a little bit. You could hear from Trent and Barry's driver's interview that they had a blast. Larson, Pierce, Muller. Mike Muller, he was doing really good. Yeah, he had a great, yeah, well, that was great racing really out there, run. no doubt about that. Scott, do you want to get into some of this sound? We'll get that knocked out of the way? No, because wait? we're at, we're going to be at the top of the hour. And, and listen, we've got to take breaks like we are on the air on Saturday mornings in hour number one. We got to do that. So we'll get to it right after the next break. We'll get to it right after okay, the next we break. We certainly want to get the. We had an interview with Logan Seavey, and we've got sound from uh, the second and third place finishers, Tanner Thorson and Cannon McIntosh. So we'll get to that here very soon. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam said they put Gardner in the rear the same night for the same thing that Davis did. I don't remember that. Damian Gardner? I, I, I take that's who he's talking about, right? So um, I, now I can't comment on that because I'm not I'm not sure what what that incident was. I don't recall that, but he could be right. I, I just can't comment on it. Right. And and Nina said uh, that made Ayrton mad as hell when they were posting all those pictures. That young man was one of Ayrton's teammates. So Ashton. Ashton. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, listen, we're going to take our final break here in hour number one. Again, uh, this is all because we're going to air this on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Uh, it's going to be on 1510 this week, right? Uh, yes. Chiefs. On uh, ESPN Kansas City. Yeah, or, because of the Chiefs pregame shows. Yeah, no no show on Sports Radio 810 at 8 o'clock because of Chiefs pregame. And KU's going to be playing, too. But so. we'll be on 1510 AM. That's so right. For this week only. This, this week. week only. Yeah. yeah. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, more Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod In Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We will be back with more Mostly Motorsports in a moment. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Missouri's must play getaway. Osage National Golf Resort. Three nine-hole courses to choose from at the Lake of the Ozarks in the Osage River Valley. Stay and play packages in our first-class condos. A beautiful clubhouse complete with pro shop and exercise facilities. A large pool for relaxation and families. The Eagle View Sports Bar and Grill. 
great wedding facilities. Go online and make your tea time today. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Especially sportswear in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery, we do some vinyl. The other ad specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars, you can actually buy that, build your business to make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. Welcome back. Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod In Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Spritz. And uh, we're going to get Scotty Cook on the line here in just a moment. We're going to talk to him about everything that was Chili Bowl. Kirk, what do you, what'd you think about uh, Bobby Pierce winning the final night down there at Valdo? Uh, yeah, man, that was a great race last night. The finale, Bobby Pierce holding off Kyle Larson, Mike right. Marler. Uh, Did you think Mike was going to win that race towards the end? I thought he was going to win it. I thought Mike was going to win it. He won the night before. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I thought he was going to hang on there, but then – uh, through traffic, Pierce was able to grab the lead there, and then he had to hold off Larson. Larson pulled a couple of sliders on, right, on Bobby Pierce last night, but Bobby didn't didn't take that very well, and he hung on. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, so I, I don't think anybody missed Kyle Larson at the Chili Bowl, do you? 
I don't think so. Mm-mm. I mean, that's that's fine. As I as I said, you know, weeks and months earlier, I don't have any issue at all with Kyle Larson not coming to the Chili Bowl. He's been there, done his deal, won two back-to-back Chili Bowls, made his mark. All good by me if he wants to right. go do some late model racing down there at Votto Speedway. I'd say more power to him. Yeah. Um Kyle Larson started third last night. He'd ended up running second to Bobby Pierce. Mike he Muller didn't. was third. And Stormy Scott and Garrett Alberson was uh, the top five. Yeah. And Larson did not win one feature the whole week out He there. didn't, did he? No. And, you know, Jonathan Davenport looked like when the week started, he was going to win them all. But he got up into the wall last night. He led early in that race, but uh, kind of got up. I don't know if he actually hit the wall but he got up into the loose stuff up he there. did he, he tagged the wall a little bit but yeah. you know uh, Jonathan Davenport started on the pole last night and faded to sixth yeah after he got up into the end of the loose stuff up there otherwise he would be one of the drivers mixing it up with Pearson Larson and Marler up there mm-hmm. so uh yeah it it, it looked like it was going to be the Jonathan Davenport Superman show uh, at the beginning of the week it Turned out to be other guys uh, making their name in there, and one of them was our good buddy Mike Marler. Yeah, no doubt about it. We hope to get Mike on maybe yeah. uh, by next week. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tyler Wolf picked up the modified win last night as well. I did not see the modified race last yeah. night. Did you watch that? Stayed up and watched it. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good win for him. Dan Ebert was second. Uh, Tanner Mullins was third. Derek. Fuqua was fourth, and uh, Derek Ramirez was fifth last night. Good racing out there. Old Royal Jones and his crew out there uh, did good work on that racetrack out there and uh, put on a good show. Now, the crowd was a little bit lighter than I expected out there. I figured they might have a few more people in the grand. You know, it was funny. When they interviewed Royal Jones at the end of that race, he said as much. Hopefully, we'll get more people out there this year. Yeah. But you know what? To be honest with you, most of the people were at the Chili Bowl. Maybe they ought to have the Wild West shootout the week after the Chili Bowl so that we can go to both events. How about that? I would like that. Yeah. Wouldn't that be better scheduling? Yeah, no doubt. Run run it the, run it the week after the Chili Bowl when there's not a lot of racing going on between now and when they go to Florida. I've got to let's, – let's run this interview right, here. Let's we do did. it. I've got to, I had, we're going to try to get Logan Seavey on the phone. He was traveling today, so we weren't able to get him on live today. We'll probably pre-record an interview this week and play exactly. it next week. We, we, we'll do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, But anyway, I grabbed a couple, three minutes with Logan Seavey the other night, and uh, I first asked him pace to start up towards the front, doesn't it? Yeah, for sure. You know, you got to you gotta lead early and try to set the pace, and then, you know, it's not the end of the world if someone passes you, uh, you know, in the first 20 or so laps, and then you kind of, you know, judge your pace off of them and try to find somewhere on the racetrack that works for you and, and then uh, go from there. Talk about getting the lead back. Cannon had it for a little while. Yeah, yeah, he um, – you know, it's just one of those things. You're leading early, and you know you don't know when to change lines. And um, I changed lines at the right time. I just went too high. You know, he's cutting to the middle, and uh, I was way, way up the racetrack. And um, you know, I, I should have known better. But uh, you know, like I said, being in being in second really wasn't uh, wasn't terrible. You know, when you got 55 laps, it's it's not not terrible. You can 
you can kind of find out a little bit more about your race car when you're in second and um, search a little bit, find out where the leader is struggling, and then try to pounce there. So, um, yeah, no worries there. I was, you know, pretty calm even when he went by me and knew that I had plenty of time to go back by him. Was the track much different than it was last night? Yeah, yeah, quite a bit different. Uh, I was actually surprised it took as long as it did to take rubber, which is great. You know, we don't want to run a bunch of laps in the rubber. But, um, yeah, I feel like the track just was really slick. Uh, all race can really get the top going in one and two. No one can get the top going in one and two. And uh, the top in three and four is pretty good most of the race. And then, and then you know, obviously those last six or seven, it rubbered up on the bottom and just kind of commit to that. So, um, yeah, overall, obviously went great for me. You're a turkey night winner. What does it mean to be the Chili Bowl winner? Yeah, Turkey Night's obviously huge uh, for me being a West Coaster and, um, you know, just growing up, uh, being in love with midgets. Um, you know, Turkey Night, the prestige of Turkey Night, I feel like, is is up there with this race. But, um, you know, this one obviously takes the cake on my list. But, yeah, to win uh, the Turkey Night in Western World and, and then now the Chili Bowl. Uh, and to get Swindell back into Victory Circle, what does that mean? Yeah, I think that's uh, the cherry on top, right? Obviously winning this race for anybody um, is really cool. You know, your name's on the banner um, and that uh, will never go away. And, you know, I'll have this, have this uh, driller in my in my living room probably for a while and then eventually eventually when I get a trophy room I'll have it have it in a trophy room so um, yeah like I said this uh, no one can take this thing away from me now and uh, you know forever forever you know you never you never know if you're ever gonna win this race right and uh, to be a winner now is, is so special you didn't need that last yellow flag. Yeah, no, I didn't want to see the very last yellow flag at all. You know, we already taken the white, gone down the back stretch, uh, getting in the three, and the yellow comes out. So uh, that's the last thing you want to see as a leader, right? You, you know, you could run over a piece of debris, or tire can go flat, bleeder can go bad. So many things can go wrong. Um, you know, my car was starting to have a few issues that uh, I was not happy about, but, um, you know, we were able to hold on to it and uh, win ourselves a driller. What concerned you the most about holding off Tanner, the defending winner? Uh, I was more concerned early uh, when I could see his nose in three and four, and I was just, you know, pounding the cushion. I, I was getting tight a few times, but I knew if I just ran really hard, I wasn't going to get tight. Um, and then once I went to the bottom, like I was saying earlier, I was kind of having a little bit of throttle issues, and I was worried it was going to stick and make me blow past the bottom. Thanks, Matt. Uh, I was worried I was going to stick and make me, you know, miss the bottom, and uh, I was able to, you know, use my brakes enough to get the car slowed up and, and then hit the bottom for as many laps as I needed to. Congratulations. Thank you. A big smile on his face holding that golden driller trophy. He looked pretty good with it. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, Tammy said the modified race was great at Valdo last night. Valdo is a special track. That's a beautiful facility. It is great, uh, yeah. That uh, it's a great place. Uh, to you know, when they combine two racetracks into one down there, they used to have El Paso and Las Cruces, and uh, he went out and built this palace of a racetrack right out near Vado, New Mexico. Out there, you've been there a couple times, huh? I haven't been to Vado. Oh, I'd say you've been to the other race. I've been to Las Cruces and El Paso. Right. Mm -hmm. Scotty Cook uh, worked down there for a while at Vado Speedway. Yeah, we we can't get a hold of Scotty, huh? Left a couple mess, couple messages. He's probably still sleeping. No he, doubt. He knew we had him on, but well, he, we might still be he, able to wrap him up. He said he was going to be on. He, he was going to be up. Well, I hope he's okay. I've got the uh, second and third place finishers. A little bit of sound courtesy of Flow Racing. Uh, we were in the media room the other night, 
And I was going to grab uh, interviews with both Tanner Thorson and Cannon McIntosh, but they let those guys go while I was still uh, holding the camera or the phone up to record the press conference. And so I didn't get Tanner and Cannon McIntosh live. We got a little bit of sound from uh, courtesy of Flow Racing here. Let's first hear from Tanner Thorson, second place finisher at the Chili Bowl. No, my, my car was so tight based on, I just got my shocks open and tied down and um, I had a spring rod on the right rear that I was running and I was just too balled up tight to be able to go up there. I knew it was going to rubber up so I set up for, you know, being able to kind of run the middle and, and, and get off the bottom and it worked but, you know, I was, I was actually, I felt like I could have bombed Logan there at one couple times, you know, but I didn't want to show my nose and him to get down there. So I was kind of just hoping to, the rubber would start laying down, you know, and I could just get by him quick without having to worry about him. But, you know, he's he's good. He's He knows what's up, man. He's looking at the board probably just like I was. And, um, you know, he's a badass racer. I've grown up with him. He's been a buddy of mine, we, another West Coast kid. So he had fell back to the fourth position at one time, and then it was the second yellow of the race, I believe it was, that came. And after that, once we went green from there, you were really, really good. During that yellow, did you make any in-car adjustments to try and get better? Yeah, you know, all my shocks and everything I could, you know, just trying to get the bottom to middle to stick because I could see Logan was hanging off, and but he was still making good momentum. And, um, you know, I tried as I tried best I could to, to make it happen to what I needed to and um, just came up a little bit short. But, you know what? But I'm, I'm happy with the effort that me and my team have put in. And, um, you know, I'm happy with Ace's effort uh, last night and today. And he got screwed with Rubber Up Racetrack or else he probably would have locked in on his prelim night too. So, um, pissed is, is very minimal when it starts talking about rubber. But it is what it is. And happy for Jordan and Kevin Swindell and all them guys over there. They worked their asses off all week. And um, come back swinging next year. Well, he's got that driller from a year ago. Right. He can still be happy about. Right. No but, doubt. Uh, you know, I was, I was kind of thinking Logan Seabee absolutely didn't want to see that last yellow. I don't think Tanner Thorson wanted to see that yellow either. No, I don't think he did either. Mm -mm. Uh, Cole said Vado, New Mexico is a non desirable travel destination. <laughs> it's a bad urban sprawl killed the racetrack in Queens Creek, Arizona. The crowds for the Wild West and the Wild Thing shootouts were great. It was too bad because the new Valdo track is top-notch. Yeah, it is. And, you know, uh, Arizona is a destination anyway in the wintertime. So, if you, uh, you know, I think, you know, by everybody's accounts, the Wild West shootout works, worked really well in the state of Arizona. Yeah. And it is a destination just to go to the Phoenix area in the wintertime. Uh, the weather can be sometimes cold down in Las Cruces. Uh, I've froze my ass off down there at yeah, Las Cruces so You don't know what before. kind of weather you're going to get down there, but it's a beautiful racetrack. It There's looked no like it was cold that. down there this weekend. Uh, they actually had pretty good weather other than, I think Royal Jones was saying on that interview that you watched last night, that uh, Sunday was probably the worst day of the week, but it probably... But I did see Trenton Barry wearing gloves. Yeah, he had the, he had the coat and the gloves on. Right. So, uh, third place finisher Cannon McIntosh. This is also courtesy of Flow Racing. He won the Monday night preliminary and had a great third place finish on Saturday night. Let's hear from Cannon McIntosh. Uh, you know, I 
felt like I had uh, you know momentum going on the top there towards the end. Um, just started to get it wound up, and um, I could see the gap starting to close once we get like a, a decent green flag run. Uh, short runs I struggled, but um, yeah, I got it going on the top pretty good, and then um, they I could see them start just pulling me out of two pretty good, and uh, I just figured it was starting to take rubber, and I moved down, and uh, it was definitely starting to take rubber, and um, I feel like it took away a good a good possible race there between me, Thorson, and CV, but uh, you know that's part of the game. Sometimes you just got to move down and protect, and um, walk down third, but uh, overall, my gear wrench Toyota powered uh, midget was really good all week. I just just needed a little more there, and just needed to protect more mid race. But um, unfortunate, but I'm I'm super stoked for the guys that we were able to put up a fight. He'll win one of these Golden Drillers one no day. No doubt, mm-hmm. he'll be a Chili Bowl champion. Yeah, no doubt about it. Hey, I just want to remind everybody about what's going on up at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum. Um, they are giving away a 2023 Z06 with the Z07 performance package on its pearl white Metallica tricolor, along with $25,000 cash on Saturday, August 19, 2023. Now, folks, this is a real, a kind of a real race car on the street. It makes 760 horsepower. It's a 5.5 LT6 V8 engine. goes from 0 to 60 in 2.6 seconds. Eight-speed automatic transmission. It's got an all-aluminum cylinder block casting uh, with small block engine families. Uh, It's a uh, dual coil valve spring. It makes 460 foot-pounds of torque at 6,300 RPMs. Each engine is assembled by one engine technician, and each engine is personally signed by the engine tech who assembled that engine. This is a Z07 performance package. It's got larger tires, wheels, larger brakes, aero package. It is a unique car, and all the proceeds that you that you spend when you buy these raffle tickets, all of them go to the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum. And if you want to buy a raffle ticket, all you need to do is go to winaz06corvette.com, winaz06corvette.com. I'd sure like to have it. How about you, Kurt? Oh, are you kidding me? Yeah. I, I don't know when they take delivery of that Corvette, but it's it was still being built the last time we checked. Uh, I saw Bob the other night. I forgot to ask him what the target date is when they're expecting that car up at the Hall of Fame. But I can't wait to get my eyes on it, see mm-hmm. what it looks like. Kirk, uh, Toby asked, uh, does anybody know anything about the three-cylinder engine? I, I didn't hear I it. I heard uh, there was one, uh, and I forgot what the team was. Uh, uh, Darren Nida was one uh, driver that uh, uh, there was a team down there, one three-cylinder and the other one was a four-cylinder. four Car was a four-cylinder and the three-car was a three-cylinder, but yeah. I forgot I forgot uh, who the other driver was. Darren Nida was one of them. All right, all right. Let's go. Scotty to, knows all bet. Uh, let's go to the phone right now and bring on our old friend Scotty Cook. Scotty, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, Scott. How you guys doing this morning? We're doing okay. We're, we're, this afternoon. Were you Were you asleep? Traveling, sounds like. You're outside. Hello, hello. 
Yeah, we're getting a lot of wind noise, Scotty. Yeah, let me kind of get back in here behind the wind. You were breaking up real bad as well. I am babysitting today one Mr. Max Ward. Yeah, you're going to have to do something with the wind because it, it sounds terrible. Well, stand by. All right. We'll get him to where he needs to be. And I can understand why little Max probably needs uh, babysitting because uh, Matt Ward and Ashley deserve a lot of rest after what they've been through. And so does Scotty Cook, Holy though. Cow. They, they certainly do. And um, the work is not over. They are in the final phase of getting the Tulsa Expo Center cleared out. I believe... Uh, by 5 p.m., it has to be cleared out tomorrow evening for the annual boat show coming up. Guys, it's such an amazing process, let alone the put-together, but the tear-down, which has to be done uh, twice as fast as the put-together. Right. Um, Scotty, last night, I mean, on Saturday night, Logan Seavey picks up the win. It's the fifth win for Kevin Swindell. He he won four as a driver. Now he's won one as a car owner. What did you think about the race? Well, I thought the race was fairly entertaining. Uh, a little shuffle back and forth there between your uh, top two rows. I was surprised to see Rico fade as he did. Uh, Cannon McIntosh got some really, really good quality seat time and quality laps. Um, got up in there and got a little taste of the lead for a moment. Logan was able to get back by him a few laps later. And Tanner Thorson, your defending champion coming into this year, came up with about 15, 20 to go and started knocking on the door and uh, stayed on Logan's tail tank but never could take a lane or get into position. But uh, not much uh, not much uh, jockeying going on, but uh, it was relatively good race. I enjoyed it. And congratulations to Logan Seavey. You know, after his qualifying night, there was a lot of murmurings going on that he should be the one to watch coming into Saturday night. And he took advantage of his pole position and uh, lost the lead for a little bit. But it was very, very entertaining to watch him scratch and claw and search for the right lane and right line to get back by and get back up on the point. And once he got it and reassumed it, he never looked back. Scotty, uh, Tanner Thorson was a little bit critical of the racetrack after the race, talking about it laid down rubber there with about five or six laps to go. Um, but I don't think that made the race any any different. I think Logan Seavey was going to be the man to beat. How about you? Well, um, you know, first of all, you run 370 race cars in one day. Right. You're going to have a work workload ahead of you keeping up with the racetrack. Uh, I saw a lot of I saw a lot of uh, ball bashing, if you will, on on uh, social media about the track prep, and um, uh, I didn't see any derogatory comments, but just people murmuring about the track and the track prep. But I'm going to tell you right now, for anybody that made any comment like that, you can rest assured that Martin Edwards and Gravel. And the entire staff that is involved with that track prep knows exactly what they're doing. And you couldn't have any more knowledge prepping that track than what you have. So you take those guys, you take the ball, and you run with it. 
you try to put out the best product that you can. Unfortunately, missed it. Just a little tick for this year's 55 lapper. But you know what? No harm, no foul. We still saw a very, very entertaining race. And I'll take those guys that put that track together and prep it. Any day. Any, any track prep uh, crew in the United States of America. Hands down, Matt Ward and Martin Edwards, Gravel, all those guys know what they're doing. There's 100 years of experience of track prep between the three of those guys, and they know what's going on. And these so, are the same guys that give us this great racetrack uh, in the past at the and, Chili Bowl, and, the same people. And I don't know if people realized it, but Steve Hahn had to do a lot of the work during the week because Gravel had to work. Right. And I, I uh, remiss for not mentioning Steve's name because Steve, more so as much and as much as uh, Martin and Gravel, stays on that track manicuring prepping, watering, and Steve Hahn uh, goes without a lot of kudos. He's really behind the scenes, and he he doesn't get as much credit as he really should because uh, he stays there, and he spends a bazillion hours in that building over the two weeks' time of the, well, count it three weeks, because in the downtime uh, in the weekend between, Steve has to stay there and – help manicure and prep the track as well. And he, by all means, 100% should be included with those guys. And, again, I will reiterate, and this goes directly out to anyone bonking balls so far as the product of the surface that they saw every night, uh, uh, Saturday night at the Chili Bowl, you're not going to get 100% every time you go to put out a product on prepping a track, especially after six days and 370 cars. Um, you, there's there's a little wiggle room. Right. Excuse me. You you have a hall pass to miss it here and there. Unfortunately, we missed it a little bit Saturday night. But I'll take those guys and that crew and put them up amongst the best track crew guys in the business. And the the conditions. And I said this earlier in the show, Scotty. The air conditions. It's drier air this year than we've seen in the past. You've had a almost a drought down there. Over the past uh, several months, not a, not a lot of rain, but the air conditions were a lot drier than we've normally seen. Yes, they were. And you know what? You, you, there's one thing we do know is you can't do anything about Mother Nature. No. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, you, you take the ball and run with it, given the environment and the circumstances you have, and you just put your best effort forward to put out the best product you can. And, um, hey, one good thing about it, We'll be back next year for the 38th annual Chili Bowl, and we'll just do it all over again. Hey, um, hey, Scotty, I kind of feel like maybe the biggest disappointment of the night was Rico Abreu. He he ended up running 21st. He got into the wall. I don't know if he got together with somebody or what happened to him, but um, he was nosed I into the wall. Him get into the wall, Scott. Did he get in the wall? Really? I didn't know. I didn't see that. He was nosed up to the wall when 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 they went to him, and uh, I don't I don't know if they did any damage to his car or not. But but Rico was definitely one of the odds-on favorites to win that race. Did he, did he actually hit the wall? Uh, he was nosed up to it. Yeah. Max, come here. Um, yeah, he uh, he was a. Uh, you never can use the word disappointment with Rico, uh, but Rico 
missed it just a little bit. I was very surprised of him fading as he did. He was up there in that third, fourth spot early on in the race, and right. then he faded. And then, and then I didn't see, um, I did not see him get into the wall. As a matter of fact, yeah, that's quite interesting. How about Keith Coons Motorsports as a whole? Not really a good chili bowl this year for the whole team. Well, honestly, Kirk, I think that's a product of the youth movement we talked about all week long. Um, no matter how talented and how young, well, there, there's the word. His stable this year, outside of Rico, very young, was as young, as young as it's ever been, and so it doesn't take a rocket scientist to uh, gather and figure that you cannot take uh, a rookie or a youngster, no matter how talented they are, you cannot throw them out there to the wolves like that and expect wins and podiums. And I think that uh, I think that Keith was full aware of that coming in. I think that Keith is looking for the future, and everything panned out, although we didn't see any youngsters um, have outstanding performances. But on the flip side of that, uh, as we forecast, as I forecast and projected all week long, we were going to see the youngest starting A-main lineup in the history of the Chili Bowl, and that panned out because I believe there were 10 Chili Bowl rookies that started the A-main event. That's that's crazy. And, you know, the big shocker is Buddy Kofoid not making it out of the D-main. I mean, that that is a shocker. Well, really it's not a shocker because anybody that's been to the Chili Bowl knows. Uh, well, first of all, Buddy is as talented as any driver going into that building. And Buddy was, along with Rico A. Brew and possibly Logan Seavey coming into the event, an odds-on favorite to win that event. Obviously, he's never won it. Uh, he's had some really good performances in his brief career thus far. But as anybody that's been there knows, they can attest that it takes one hiccup on your qualifying night to get, uh, to get behind the eight ball. You get behind the eight ball, it makes for a tough day on Saturday. And Buddy got stuck in a... C or a D? No, it was a D, D main event because it was right. it was still in the afternoon portion, and Buddy was in a transfer and got caught up in someone else's mess. I don't remember who it was, but someone got upside down down the back straightaway, and Buddy got caught up with nowhere to go, and that ended his chili bowl. So that was simply a product of one hiccup on the qualifying night. We saw what happened on his qualifying night. He was in the lead. And, again, same thing that happened on uh, a Saturday to him. He was leading his qualifying night A main event, and he went down into turn one. Somebody flipped in front of him. He damn near did a good job to avoid it. He did his best goggles Poisano and Fred Flintstone's uh, <laughs> attempt at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. If you, uh, if you ever saw that, Fred went as an alias as goggles Poisano, and on the white flag lap he drove his car perpendicular up on the wall for a last lap pass and an Indian Rockless 500 win. And Buddy attempted the same feat. He didn't come out as fortunate. He almost drove right up on the wall and right around the accident, but he just clipped the car with his left front, and it damaged the car. That ended his qualifying night chances. He was really um, on the home stretch to head to the podium for a qualifying night win. But, again, you get behind the eight ball and you have one hiccup, uh, whereas any other race in the country where there aren't 370 cars, 
it's easy to rebound through a B main event and transfer. Yeah. But here, the best in the best, the melting pot of the most talented drivers in all of the planet Earth, uh, scratching the clawing, get 24 spots in an A main event. Um, you get mired one hiccup on your qualifying night, and you're going to encounter what Buddy encountered. And unfortunately, the the woes continued. As we said, he uh, got into a car on his D main event Saturday afternoon, and that just kind of wiped everything out. And a tough break. And I will go on record to say, and I'm not stepping too far out on a flimsy branch to say, that Buddy Coford will be a Chili Bowl champion in the future. No, there's no doubt about it. He started 13th. He ended up running 18th in that D-Main number two. And uh, it was just not a good good run for him this weekend. Uh, I, I think a lot of people were disappointed not to see him in the no. A-Main. I'm sorry. Say, ask, say that again, Scott. Uh, a lot of people were disappointed not to see Buddy in the A-Main. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like yeah. I said, because he was a he was a – one of your, he was probably the highest odds favorite, really, to win that outside of, uh, you know, he and Tanner and Rico probably came in as the same odds. My old buddy in Indianapolis, Indiana, Steve Eckert, makes the odds for the Chili Bowl Souvenir Program, and I think uh, those three were right up in there as the highest odds to win the Chili Bowl. But um, Buddy is kind of a lot like Rico because he's a very personable young man. He has a legion of fans, and he has had from a very young age. And um, he, there is no doubt about it that Michael Buddy Kofoid is probably, I mean, I could, well, all the rest of them are young and 16, right. set 15 to 18 years of age. But for Buddy being, I think Buddy's about 19, 20 now, uh, Buddy, I, can, I think I can go out and say that Buddy, is the most talented up-and-coming open-wheel driver in the entire country. I think I could, I think that's a safe statement to make, and I would not be surprised at all if within the next two calendar years you're watching that young man race on Sundays. Yeah. There will be a process of uh, trucks and uh, Xfinity, but uh, – Buddy Coford's going to be racing on Sundays one one day, and you can bet your ass on that. Yeah, no doubt about it. Hey, um, a little disappointed in Justin Grant. He started 10th. He ended up running 10th. Um, not the performance that Justin Grant was hoping for. No, and, uh, you know, he was he was mixing it up there for quite a while with Chris Windham. And um, Justin, you know, has had success on his qualifying night. Had a decent qualifying night this year, not as good as he's had in the past, but uh, he just never was able to get himself factored in to even sniff the podium. And, again, it's just a product of a melting pot of the most talented drivers in the United States and even the most talented driver in the country, as I just said, for his age, uh, Michael Buddy Kofoid didn't get in. And it was just a product of you make one hiccup, one hiccup. That's all it, it's all one it takes. stumble on your – qualifying night you're going to get behind the eight ball you know people were talking about the rubber on the racetrack at the end of the race but tim buckwalter who started 23rd ran ninth tim mccready started 24th he ran 11th kevin thomas jr started 19th he ran 12th and zeb weiss he started 17th and he ran 13th there was some passing going on on that racetrack wasn't there 
Absolutely, and those names you just mentioned—they were coming. They were they were maneuvering and coming forward, and um, you know, obviously, you're going to pay attention to the cars in the front, and a lot of people don't take note uh, or bother to look back and see any movers and shakers and comers. And those names you just mentioned, uh, with not so good starting spots, made the most of their starting spots and were able to make progress and uh, make the most of their chili bowls and. Uh, again, you know, it's just uh, get in where you fit in and make the most of it. Hey, one driver I want to talk about, Kyle Jones. Not a lot of people talking about him, but what a finish he had. Started 16th, he ended up just right outside the top five, but Kyle Jones was not a driver everybody was talking about. Well, Kyle Jones has been good forever. Kyle in his mid-20s from the state of Texas and in years past, he has not had the best of Chili Bowls. But you, uh, within the last two years, Kyle in his own rights has really made a ton of progress. And Kyle was able to uh, have a very fortunate qualifying night, a decent starting spot. And again, he hopped in. He made the most of his starting spot. And to be honest with you, um, yes, Kirk, I think it surprised a lot of people. Personally, I was not at all surprised to see Kyle Jones, A, get in, and B, uh, salvage the best finish that he could. Um, and a footnote, Kyle Jones probably the main reason. I'm the main reason, but uh, Kyle Jones the subject of uh, why I wasn't back on the broadcast this year. <laughs> I made comment of his porn stash last year, and they didn't like that. They didn't like Oh, that. my God. Right, right. <laughs> Oh, golly. Hey, uh, Scotty, we got to talk a little bit about Hank Davis. Um, He started on the front row outside, and on that first restart, it looked like he he squirted out to the lead, and they had a quick caution on that first lap. But on that second restart, he fell back to fourth place. Uh, Hank Davis is one of the most talented drivers in the Tulsa area right now. Would you agree with me on that? I would agree with you on that. And uh, Hank Davis has not um, been able to make himself a household name just of yet, obviously because uh, he doesn't have the resources to get out and travel. But rest assured, you come you come down here to Tulsa, and uh, Hank Davis is going to be someone that you have to contend with. And I think anyone from outside of the Tulsa area would have been just blasted away of his win the other night. But I think people here from around this area that get an opportunity to watch him and showcase his talents week in and week out, they weren't a bit surprised that he was able to pick up that A-main qualifying night win. And uh, the boy's chock full of talent. He's a really good kid. And, you know, we've talked forever. I've talked forever about what confidence does for a driver. Uh, Man. 370 drivers, there's only going to be uh, five qualifying night winners. And to be a a Tulsa local area competitor out of the most talented drivers in the country, to come in that building and pull that off, that is a humongous feat. And in relation to confidence, all it does is fill Hank Davis with a monstrous amount of confidence going into 2023 and whether it behind the wheel of a midget or a sprint car like we're used to seeing him, I look for him to just continue to progress. And pretty soon, uh, if 
I think if Hank, like I just mentioned, could get some resources and be able to get out no and doubt. travel and cut laps on different tracks, I think the sky's the limit for that boy. And he's a great kid. It was cool to have him on the uh, Chili Bowl check-in the other day. He's a he's a good kid, and it couldn't have happened to a better person. A lot of people in the Tulsa area were so proud of his efforts. I think he's going to run the ASCS um, Sooner region this year, if I'm not mistaken. It, 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 That's what he told us. Yeah, yep, for sure. He could he could honestly be a contender if he could make all those shows to win the championship this year. No doubt. Uh, somebody made a comment earlier. They thought Hank Davis should have been put at the back when he got into it with Michael Pickens the other night. But uh, that's not the way that works. He, I mean, he kept his car going, right? He kept it rolling. He did. He did. And anybody anybody who's anybody, or if you have half a bit of knowledge about dirt track racing, you know that it's give and take. You know that you're going to eat wheels. You know that you're going to feed wheels. Right. And that's exactly what we saw. Um, a lot of people didn't uh, – take into consideration that one to two laps prior on the opposite end of the track, Michael Pickens had put the big one on Hank and he was fortunate to escape it. And then he rewound his momentum back up and it was just simply a payback. And Hank was uh, fortunate enough to drive away. Michael Pickens wasn't as fortunate to drive away. That is a great point. That is a great point because there's a little history before that, that you just pointed out that Pickens, right. You know, mate, you know, so, yeah, that, that is a great point that I hadn't heard. Scotty, I, I got to give a shout-out to Jade Avedesian. She is a rookie. She made the Chili Bowl A-Main in a rookie season at the Chili Bowl. Talk about Jade Avedesian. <clears throat> I first saw Jade Avedesian race, Jade Avedesian race, uh, Two years ago at the Six Springs Motorsports Complex, there was a big 20,000-to-win mini sprint race there, micro race, walked a dog on the entire field. And it was at that very moment and that night that uh, I put her on my radar to keep my eyes peeled. And ever since then, she has just absolutely blazed a trail. Uh, Kaylee Bryson and the other females are trailblazers, and she is uh, a about three, four years younger than Kaylee. Uh, but uh, actually, I think she's only a couple years younger. But of the list of females that you'd list off of this year's Chili Bowl Nationals, let alone being the youngest competitor at 16, she is the female that has the most raw and pure talent. And to be quite frank and quite honest with you, as good as that young lady is right now, I don't. I th- I would think that for next year's Chili Bowl, a podium would be a very, very far stretch. But I would not be one bit surprised to see Jade Avedisian to pull off a top ten, top five at next year's Chili Bowl. And a lot of people might say, "What in the hell are you talking about, Scotty?" But I say that young lady, let alone being a female, she is one of the most talented open wheel drivers in the country. And refreshing to know that she's only 16 years of age, and there is a whole lot of excitement and entertainment for a race fan from what you're going to get out of that young lady. She's uh, not afraid to get in and mix it up with the boys. And when we are talking about the give and take a few moments ago, she'll take the wheel, she'll, she'll take the right rear, she'll give the right rear back, 
not intimidated one bit. Uh, it was such a beautiful, refreshing, pleasant uh, surprise that uh, she was able to get in the A-Main through her qualifying night and just to be able to finish. Uh, the family, uh, obviously, we recently lost uh, Miss Fuzz Hawn last fall. And Fuzz, uh, she had a uh, she had an admiration for lady drivers always when they entered that building. And so in the memory of Fuzz and her passing, they put together an award for the highest finishing female for the Chili Bowl Nationals. And uh, Jade obviously was a recipient of that award. I know Fuzz was looking so proudly down upon her and um, help me out, guys. I'm not if I'm not mistaken, not mistaken, she won the rookie of the year, did she not? Yeah, I mean, the, you know, some of the she got herself up into the top ten. She passed a lot of cars early in that race, cracked the top ten. But her performance in that qualifying night, where she made some really impressive moves to get herself up into third place, uh, she was very impressive all week. I thought. Well, she just simply, simply put, I think she just put herself on the map for uh, you know everyone out on the West Coast. And then blessed to watch her come up through her career, which started at a very, very young age. But other than that, other than uh, travels this season with the USAC, USAC uh, Midget Series, uh, not a lot of people really have had an opportunity to see her. So her efforts this weekend, honestly and quite simply, guys, I think just put her on the map. Said so put her on the radar for everyone who's an open-wheel fan, to learn, know, and watch for one Jade Abadizian. She's going to become a household name real soon, and real soon she's going to be a contender for championships, and uh, in the near future she'll be contending for Chili Bowl championships as well. I I wholeheartedly believe that. I believe it too. You know, uh, we had two lady drivers, uh, Kaylee Bryson and, and Jade, were both in that race. That says a lot for the ladies now, doesn't it? Well, it does, and they're not the only two, you know. Uh, it takes luck, and it takes fortune to get into the show, and you got to utilize both of those things to uh, put yourself into the A-Main. And uh, those two, among others, um, are just, uh, you know, let alone being a youth movement, it's, uh, it's just really cool to see uh, young ladies join that youth movement, and they're – it, it, you know, they're chock full, chock full of them. Uh, Taylor Reimers, uh, uh, the Elli, uh, Carson Elledge. Um, it was good to see Carson Elledge back behind the wheel of a race car for the first time in three years, you know. So, yeah. ladies abound, man. It's really cool to see him getting in there and mixing it up with the guys. And Kaylee Bryson, I believe, just ended her stint with Keith Koontz Motorsports. Um, contract up. She has got a lot of things on the horizon. Uh, she just signed a contract with Sam Pierce out of the state of Florida to, I believe, run the whole USAC uh, Champ Car Series this year. And uh, obviously, that's not a 30 race schedule, so she'll have a lot of time to do other things. And this season, let alone Jade Avedisian, you're going to be hearing a lot of things, a lot of good things out of Kay Lee Bryson. Yep. Uh, we got to talk about Ashton. Um, what a terrifying wreck that we had on Wednesday night. Well, Scott, you know, you and I have discussed it at length as well. And Kirk and I, unfortunately, were in Oskaloosa, uh, Iowa, 
I think it's been about 15, maybe even 20, I think 15, 20 years ago. August 12th, August 12th, 2003. That's when it was. It was exactly 20 years ago, 19 and a half years ago. We all witnessed the most terrifying thing that any race fan or official, what it doesn't matter. We, we witnessed as race racers the most terrifying thing that we've ever seen. And I recall that night telling myself that I pray that I never, ever, ever see anything like that again. <clears throat> Excuse me. And with that being said, uh, the, the 45 minutes to an hour that ensued after the, the kid came out of the race car um, was let alone one of the most breathtaking and frightening experiences I've had. Um, I was on hand, um, on the scene, and he fell out of the car and when they got his helmet off, I was not feeling the best at all about what was lying ahead for that young man because, uh, he was really, really at that point in time, he was not in good condition and he was not in a good way. And an opportunity for me, most importantly of all this, A, there, there is, no matter what you pray to, folks, there is something above that looks over all of us. So whatever you pray to and whatever you give praise to, just keep doing it. Because on that particular night at the Tulsa Expo Center that we witnessed this past week, um, the good Lord or whoever it may be, Allah, Buddha, it doesn't matter, something was looking down on young Ashton Torkison. And it was an absolute miracle, A, that he didn't get run over, B, that he lived through it, C, no broken bones, and he reentered the building Saturday afternoon to everyone's uh, open heart and open arms. And it was the most beautiful thing that uh, we've witnessed. And everyone was able to take a uh, collective uh, sigh of, of relief. And the most imp- after all those important things being saying, said i think the most important thing that i can say is what i witnessed collectively and individually from the entire infield staff the officials billy hurt uh brian lunsford the emts guys we know how good they are but unfortunately we have to utilize them and that's why they're there and rest assured when that happened they were right there and they were doing what they were do they were doing what they do to the best of their abilities and honestly were it not for the efficiency and the care and the knowledge of every one of those people Dudley Stoodle was involved as well Logan uh, McCubbin uh was right in the middle of everything as well were it not for all of those people uh being so very knowledgeable about what they do and I think Mr. Torgerson Ashton's father said the same that could have been an entirely different situation. They reacted efficiently. They reacted swiftly. They got him out of there as quickly as they could. They got him stable. They got him into the care uh, at the hospital at St. Francis. And we witnessed one of the amazing, most amazing miracles that any of us have seen in modern memory. Um, uh, 95% chances if that happened ever again, which we pray that it doesn't, Right. It's not going to turn out the same, and it's not going to be as fortunate. So I honestly believe that each and every one of us witnessed a miracle this past week at the Tulsa Expo Center. Pray to whatever you pray to, folks. That's and, all I can say about it. And now that we've seen him, 
Uh, he came into the media center on Saturday, and he's on the road to complete recovery. Now we got to investigate this and find out why this happened so that it never happens again. Between all the well, prayers, between all the prayers and and just everybody rallying around Ashton, uh, it, it felt like everybody was pulling for him. And uh, Scotty, I, I've never I've never seen anything like it. To be honest with you, no, none of us have, Scott. I mean, yeah, Kirk and I witnessed what we witnessed in Oskaloosa that night, and it didn't turn out as fortunate. And um, we simply, to be quite blunt about it, we have simply never seen someone fly out of a race car. First and time we for did me. the other night. Right. Um, hated seeing it. But, again, if it weren't for the efficiency and the swiftness and the knowledge of everyone that was on hand and immediately on care of him, it wouldn't have been the same. And all we can do, honestly, is just pray that we never, ever see anything like that again. And per what Kirk said, uh, we need to figure out and understand. Um, I've gotten uh, uh, quite a bit of credible information from credible sources as to what and why it happened. I'm not at bay to get into details, and I'm not going to get into details. We're going to let the dust settle on that, right. and it'll come out soon enough. But I'm not going to be the one to let any of that out because I'm not at bay, too, and it's none of my business. But uh, all I know is that safety is the most important thing in all that we do. And uh, we just have to give blessings to those uh, infield workers and EMT that were that were right there and the good Lord above that was watching down on that boy because honestly there's no reason that he should be with us today and he is and it's a miracle and he is loved. Oh, yeah. It was an yeah. amazing goosebump, goosebumps on my neck, my arms when that child stepped up on that stage the other night and the loud ovation and roar and reception and the love he got. Uh, and yeah, I'm not I'm not afraid to admit I, I teared up a little bit. That that was probably one of the most amazing things that I've ever witnessed in all my years of doing all doing doing this stuff. No doubt about that. I mean, it's just a, a just an absolute miracle. Miracle. That's the only word that you can tag to this is that a miracle. It went from a nightmare to a miracle within about 24 hours. Yeah, simply no, put, no doubt about it. Well, it's great that he came out of that with very little injuries. Um, it, it's just a, a total miracle, really, to be honest with you. Because, hey, you know listen, guys, uh, you know guys, a, a car could have ran over him very easy. I thought a car did hit him. that a few minutes ago. <laughs> What's that? that Kirk? I thought a car did hit him when I saw it. So No, no he was lucky that no one got near him and everybody wow. got woe down. Here's another thing with that whole – with that whole thing that happened, um, once we got him secured and out of the building, what I witnessed for all of the drivers and competitors that got moved into the infield, mm-hmm. um, I will never, ever forget what I witnessed while walking through the infield and talking with a good number of the uh, competitors for that main event. Um, I saw tears. A good number of them were very young. I saw tears. I heard one or two say that they didn't know if they could go forward. Um, They were all like everyone in that building in complete shock. And they honestly didn't know how to wrap their arms around 
the situation that had unfolded in front of all of us. And uh, I say kudos, let alone to all the folks we talked about in the infield, but the drivers that were on that track when that occurred, from what I saw, uh, their reaction and complete shock and tears and disbelief and not really knowing what to do, uh, for every one of those guys to pull their composure back together and uh, finish the event that was that was amazing that was secondary to the amazement we saw as for the care of the kid but that was pretty amazing as well um so i think one other thing uh uh, we'll wrap that note on that note we can wrap that up by just saying that it was uh america it was an amazing miracle a nightmare that turned into a miracle but i would be remiss scott if i if if I didn't acknowledge while well, you guys have me on, um, there are uh, there's nothing we can do about keyboard warriors on social media, but after the race, the, there was a whole lot of ball bashing going on, uh, and you're going to get that, and you can't do anything about that. Right. But uh, I, I, I all I want to say is that I am so proud. Uh, the same as I've been a uh, proud representative of racing boys all these years. I am so proud to be affiliated with Matt, Ashley Ward, Martin, Amanda Edwards. You know full well, Scott, how good those families have been to us over right. the years. No doubt. Um, but in particular, the ball bonking about the length of the program, the length of the opening ceremonies, and the things that went on during the opening ceremonies that caused – Uh, somewhat of a late finish all i want to say to those people is if you don't want to witness that and if you don't want to sit through it go make yourself a bologna sandwich and take your ass somewhere and go occupy your time until it's time to go racing quite simply uh the ceremonies included um memorials for miss fuzz hon and miss beverly edwards and we we were obligated to do that. The family had to do that and wanted to do that. Right. And I ask anyone who wants to bang their keyboard uh, about what whatever it may have been, uh, a ceremonial dance by the native tribe that came and represent represented the families. Hey, uh, get go take your ass on somewhere and find something to do until it's time to go racing, and uh, things will be good and well. And if you're up too late. And if you got flow, take your ass to bed and wake up and watch the replay of it tomorrow. Nobody wants to see it. Nobody wants to hear it. And um, we're all just blessed to be able to have one of the most amazing events in all of motorsports. Um, And that's what I got to say about that. Thanks for letting me say that. Well said. I I couldn't agree with you more, Scotty. Right. Well said. Let me tell you, the loss of fuzzy. Put a little miracle whip on your bologna sandwich while you're at it. Right. The the loss of, of Fuzzy and and uh Beverly that's just a a huge loss to the families, right? It's a huge blow. Both of those ladies are matriarchs of the event that we know and we enjoy. Not alone let alone of the Chili Bowl midget nationals. They're matriarchs of the Lucas Oil American Sprint Car series. They're matriarchs of the Devil's Bowl Speedway. All of these mention are staples in all of motorsports and um huge blow within uh, a year and a half time span i believe maybe even one year 
we lost both of them. Unfortunately, Lanny Edwards passed before both of them. And so now uh, with the founders of the Chili Bowl Nationals, we're left with Emmett Hahn. He's in really good shape for a spry 80-some years old, and he is as spry and, and, uh, and, and silly as he's ever been, and we love him. We acknowledge him. And uh, we just appreciate the Chili Bowl Nationals. We appreciate the Lucas Oil American Sprint Car Series, and we appreciate the Devil's Bowl Speedway. Oh, by the way, we're going to be able to enjoy one more year there. Yeah, and yeah, I just want to make this comment. Uh, Scott and I, let's speak with Scott, for Scott as well. The Racing Boys and our relationship with the Chili Bowl and the Han and Edwards family over the many years that we did the live broadcast down there, we are so blessed to have been a big part of that. And we got to know uh, Beverly and Fuzzy and Emmett and Lanny. I mean, these are very special people in our lives. We wouldn't be where we are today without them. And uh, to walk in there and not see Fuzzy and Beverly is very strange to those of us that have known them all those years. But but with that being said, Scotty, There's some good people that are behind the scenes, like Kaylee and um, Sierra. Amanda, Amanda uh, Edwards. Amanda Sarah Edwards. Phillips, <coughs> Kaylee Brazil, which is uh, Blake's sister. Right. They, they're all. They've stepped in. Uh, Ashley Ward. Um, it's just a, a new new faces that you see. Also, want to acknowledge um, Hockey and Kathy Holbert, Brian Holbert's folks. Right. They arrived early to the Chili Bowl, and um, these are faces that you see in the office. And if you think the Chili Bowl is run like an, a well-oiled machine, those are the people that are behind the scenes that you don't get to see that help that machine run like a well-oiled machine. And, uh, you know, we talk about Steve Hahn not getting enough kudos. Those people uh, certainly don't get enough kudos, and we're so very grateful for them and Kirk. Uh, couldn't have said it better. Um, you know, none of us, not you, not Scott, not me, would be where we are in our careers in broadcasting um, or media were it not for the Hahn and Edwards family. And, uh, hey, how would you feel if you lost your family yeah. member? And we they, know how you'd feel. These yeah, are great no families. The Edwards and Hahn families, I mean, these are just first-rate families and they're all close you, you want to know you want to know you know you want to know to this modern day and current time how great they are matt, matt and ashley are busy getting the expo center cleaned out i'm 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 here babysitting my homeboy my right hand man sweet daddy from cincinnati mr max ward he's being a super kid today and we're just having a good time he's had a good time on his electric jeep spinning laps and he's been on his trampoline we went out we're getting ready to go out and check on his pigs and maybe see if the chickens out there laid some eggs. Uh, what a blessing. You know, on the words of uh, the words that you just expressed, Kirk, they're just all family to us. And we're blessed right. that they accepted us into their family. And, um, again, we wouldn't be where we are if it weren't for those families. We love them. We'll carry them in our hearts forever. Thank goodness we still have Emmett. And uh, he is all in our hearts. Emmett's doing absolutely wonderful. I cannot believe how spry and how good a shape he is for his age. And uh, it's always so much fun to be with him and be around him. All right, Scotty, before I let you go, um, the Chiefs are going to play Jacksonville 
next week. What do you think about that game? I think they're going to roll them. I think it's going to get ugly. That's all I think. I don't have much to say other than that. Uh, we know in the National Football League, especially in the playoffs, anything can happen. And just like the Chili Bowl, you can hiccup on your qualifying night. The Chiefs can hiccup on their first round of playoff action. But what I forecast is a good old-fashioned ass-kicking in Arrowhead. I didn't want to see uh, Los Angeles Chargers. I'm glad it's Jacksonville. You know what I'm glad to see? I'm glad to see Buffalo play Cincinnati next week. That's going to be cool, yeah, because obviously we all kind of felt that, hey, man, this is all kind of monkeyed up the way the NFL and the commissioner kind of rescheduled everything and they didn't play that game out. So it almost feels like, eh, you know, everything. It made the playoffs for the AFC at least kind of cloudy. So, yeah, awesome to see that they're going to have that rematch. And I believe, uh, refresh my memory, I'm almost did what was the score of that game when, when that dude went down? And the team got halted. Seven to three. Seven to three. Cincinnati was ahead. Cincinnati so I was I ahead. Say, I thought Cincinnati, Cincinnati was ahead. Where are they going to play this next game? Buffalo. Is are they it? playing in Buffalo? Yeah, it's Buffalo. It's in Buffalo this time. Yeah. Yep. Well, I I hope Buffalo beats Cincinnati. I don't want to have to play Cincinnati again. I guarantee you, I'd rather play Buffalo than I would Cincinnati as well. For some reason. Uh, Cincinnati's got our number, and uh, the Chiefs have struggled every time they've matched up with them in the last couple of years, and uh, I don't want to see I'll, them. I'll go I, with I Cincinnati because that game's going to be at Arrowhead Stadium. If you play Buffalo, who knows where that's going to be played? Uh, neutral You're ground. exactly right. Yep. Where? Neutral. Atlanta. And, uh, neutral. It's going to be Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah, Atlanta's Atlanta. Now, get, give not... me Cincinnati at Arrowhead every day. Did you just say? Did you just say they're going to replay that game in Atlanta? The, Wait, what? No, if the if the Chiefs play Buffalo, the game's going to be at a neutral site, and you say Atlanta. Atlanta. Yep. If, since, if it's wow. Cincinnati, they play that game at Arrowhead. Yep. So I'll take Arrowhead yep. Stadium every day. Yeah, if we play Buffalo again, it'll it'll be on a neutral site. So Cincinnati at well, home. Well, I'm or? not only I'm not only going to root for Cincinnati. It's unrelated, but my pick. I think Cincinnati can and will beat Buffalo. Yeah, that very well could happen. Very good. Man. I don't think Buffalo played all that well yesterday, did they? <laughs> they got lucky they to win that game. Uh, they, they just got... squeaked by. They just squeaked by, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Absolutely. For all sure. right, Scotty. Well, um, we hey. appreciate you taking the time. I know that you got some great sponsors that took care of you this weekend. Thank you, Scott. How how crazy is it that uh, you read my mind after twelve years up and down the road in one hotel room and one pickup truck? Because I definitely wanted to acknowledge those people um the fine folks of uh morton excavating uh chose to be the 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 main sponsor for the chili bowl check-in um as well as the main sponsor for the chili bowl check-in on the chili bowl fan page uh for all the chili bowl check-ins on that end as well uh more uh uh, Arc Wrecking of Oklahoma came in support of the social media as well. Quite a few supporters came in uh, as uh, supporters of the recorded daily show that we did. One Mr. Layton Crouch with High Blaine's Building Division, Glenn Styers with Oshweek and Speedway, Mike White with Beaver Stripes. Uh, I can't thank those guys enough. We had others um, help me out. <laughs> 
Oh, my brain has become cloudy the day after. Say again? Todd knows who they are. Yeah, Permastone Countertop Solutions. Permastone. Kyle Anderson, and who was my last one? You got High Plains, Same Day Tire Pros, and Beaver Stripes. Uh, My vehicle currently is in Same Day Auto and Tire Pros. Mm -hmm. Danny Smith looking me over so he can get me down the road to uh, Florida. And uh, I can't say enough. It was really cool to talk to Danny last night. And uh, he was very pleased with how that turned out. And look, hey, Max, stay in here for a moment with me. We're about done. Um, uh, Danny was very pleased. And uh, Kyle Anderson, uh, thank you. I got to go over there and visit with the Andersons last night, Brandon. And uh, we all got in the hot tub with Angie Battles, and we all kind of hung out and sh- and just decompressed and had a really good time. Seth Shebester, Brooklyn Phillips, and the whole Anderson family, and uh, we got and, uh, Bailey, which is Brandon's girlfriend. We all just kind of hung out last night and decompressed. And I'm just very thankful for all those people that we mentioned, and you know they kind of uh, you know with me not going back to the Flow broadcast this year. Uh, it kind of left somewhat of a little bit of a void financially. And so for Matt Ward to offer me the blessing and Brian Holbert to uh, put together this production with you guys, um, I'm very blessed for all of that and all of the supporters. And the most important guy outside of all of those supporters to uh, give gratitude uh, outside of you two, Kirk and Scott as well, is uh, the one behind the scenes there punching the boards and the buttons and uh, the phones there at Racing Boys HQ won Todd Surprise, and he sure has done one hell of a job over the last 10 years of dressing you guys up and making you look good. Todd, I love you. I thank you, and I'm so very grateful for all of your help. Uh, Much much kind words there from you, Scotty. I always enjoy helping you, and taking care of you on the back end on this thing and anytime the racing boys do something with scotty cook it's always fun and and like you said i appreciate all those kind words scotty may may eddie van halen bless you and all of your remaining <laughs> <second days. laughs> all right 5150 baby rock on 5150 uh, uh, all right scotty we appreciate you uh chiming in on the show with us today uh, we'll look t- to talk to you down the road. You're going to be out with the Luxor ASES National Tour again next year, right? Yeah, I'm going to um, I'm going to take off and go to Florida and enjoy Florida Speed Weeks. Uh, Terry uh, Maddox Now 600 Series is going to uh, kick off in the state of Louisiana late February. And then Tim Crawley has invited me down for his uh, first race in Texarkana, Arkansas, and then we will kick off with the Lucas Oil American Sprint Car Series, Terry Maddox Lucas Oil American Sprint Car Series at One Devil's Bowl Speedway, I do believe, on March 8th. And uh, just looking forward to it. I'd like to get home for a couple of days after Florida, and I'm just going to have to see how all that uh, comes together, but I'm looking forward to just getting after it. Fortunately, uh, the last few years, uh, all of this has pretty much turned into year-round, and just like you guys, I'm just blessed. You know it. Yep. Uh, never say never. I might end up down there in Florida before you know it. I hope you do. And on that note, while I'm down in Florida, I've got some wonderful sponsors put together: Messiah Valley Transportation, the Stewart House, uh, Glenn Steyer's Racing, Oswegian Speedway, and there'll be a couple of others. 
in support of that, we're going to be doing uh, Florida Speed Week's live check-ins. They're going to be on uh, the Racing Boys fan page on Facebook, and I'm just looking forward to it. And I couldn't do anything without great support, including you guys, and just grateful and appreciative. Well, Scotty, does does your boy have any room for me down there if I wanted to come down? Possibly, quite possibly, he does. Yeah. Why don't I'll you check? Why don't you check into that? That would save me a little bit of money. Yeah, maybe we'll see what's going on and uh, make make it all work. Might include a uh, inflatable mattress, but however, whatever, we'll we'll get something marked out. I've got another buddy up there in Jacksonville, which is a little ways away from everything that we're doing, um, that we'd be able to shack up with as well. So we all know how crazy hotel bills are. Yeah, no doubt. I don't want to have to pay all that hotel money. So if you can, if you can get me lined up down there, I, I might just come down. All right. Hey, before we check out of here, yep. somebody that uh, the racing boys helped bring into this world and the beautiful life that he lives, one Mr. Maximus Thomas Ward wants to say hello, Kirk, and hello, Scott. Hi, Max. <laughs> Set, talk like everybody can hear you. Say, how you doing? How you doing? All right, Max. All right, my buddy. He's... Say, thanks, racing boys. Thanks, racing boys. <laughs> all right, he's that's awesome. He's been busy all day. He's been busy, busy. He's been keeping me uh, along uh, outside of Max, these three dogs and pigs and chickens. They've had me on their toes this morning while Matt, Matt and Ashley are gone. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, as we know, my daughter has a little farm just like theirs, and it, it, there's a lot of work involved in it. Absolutely. <clears throat> yeah. All right, Scotty. Old McDonald had a farm. All right, guys. Hey, I love you all, and thank you so much for everything. And I'll be in touch here real soon before we get things flying and uh, we'll get things coordinated and ready for uh, Florida Speed Weeks. All right. Just let me know if there's some room. Thank you, Scotty. All right. I'll keep you posted. And uh, thanks for having me on. Always fun visiting with you. All right. See you later, Scotty. Good job. God bless. Love y'all. I love you too, bud. All right. There you have it. Scotty Cook joining us on the show. Man, what a show. That was a good one. That was a good one. I think we got it all covered. Two hours and 15 <laughs> minutes we were on the air today. I want to thank everybody that tunes into the show each and every day here on Mostly Motorsports. We can't thank you enough. We've got some of the best listeners, and we had 54 comments today on the website, on Facebook, and we can't thank you enough for chiming in and giving your opinions on what you thought of the Chili Bowl. Now we're not going to have a live show on Saturdays. Todd, Todd's. Hold on, be... no, no, we're going to be on fifteen ten, right? But it's not live. We're ta- we're most of it is going to be this stuff we're recording yeah. right now. Yeah, there's a couple of reasons for that. Uh, Sports Radio eight ten WHB has all day Chiefs coverage, so right, we're not going to be on Sports Radio eight ten this Saturday because of the Chiefs pregame. And Todd's going to head down south and help but, out. But they can find out. us on KCTE 1510, right? 1510, and, and then the whole show will still be on right. Facebook. But we'll still we'll still stream a show yep. Kurt's on gonna uh, stream Facebook. It. And we'll be here next Monday. Monday? Right. Yeah. That's right. But most Saturdays we'll be in here live. Yeah. Yeah. No but doubt. Uh, this Saturday with the uh, Chiefs coverage and everything.
and they got uh, KU. We're going to kind of replay this show, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and we got an interview also obviously coming up with the winner of the Chili Bowl. Yeah, and now so. that that's the one thing you haven't heard on this show. That's we're right. Try to hook up with Logan CB for a phone interview. And we'll play uh, that next week, Monday, and, right? And we'll also Saturday play that this Saturday and replay it on next Monday, too. So it'll be a good interview to have. Uh, I'm this. thinking maybe we should just play or it on Monday. Or should we save it? We, we can, should we just can save do that. it for Monday. We can save it for next Monday. Yeah, for sure. So. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in to Mostly Motorsports. It's all been brought to you by Rod In Supply, again, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Uh, we can't thank Bob Douglas enough for being a part of our show. Uh, he stepped in when a lot of other people didn't want to, and we appreciate him so much. Again, for Todd Surprise, for my partner Kirk Elliott, I'm Scott Trailer saying thanks for joining us. We'll see you next Monday right here on Mostly Motorsports.